Yeah, I know this can sound cliche. Prayer changes things. Of course, it's true. We could even say it's real. What I really want to say is that prayer is a higher reality. You know, one of the things in life is that circumstances or a message or a signal from life will come to you and and sort of tell you this is reality. Get used to it. And yet, as we develop in Jesus, as we develop in his kingdom, there is a higher reality which trumps the lower fallen reality. Did you know there are certain prayers that change things more than others? And that's what I want to share with you today in this brief episode. My name is Brian Del Turco. Welcome to episode 276, a special Jesus Espresso episode. Thank you for listening and maybe sharing this episode with someone you know. Take a listen, and if you think it will add value to others, pass it along, share it with them. I'm hoping these will be strong shots of Kingdom Caffeine, these Jesus Espresso episodes, to power us up through the days in which we live. We need a strong brew from that real deep sky cafe, if you know what I mean. I think in astronomy, the deep sky are celestial objects which are beyond our solar system, but I'm talking about the real deep sky, heaven, heaven coming to earth. JesusSmart.com slash 276 is where you can go to take things further with this episode and with this topic links and uh, other interesting things you'll find there. Well, I think uh, you're going to be challenged to build a specific prayer equity or a prayer, shall we say, cachet into your life. You know, I kind of know what the word cachet means. I was thinking about it. I looked it up. A collection of items of the same type stored in a hidden or inaccessible place, like an arms cachet, or maybe in computing an auxiliary memory from which high-speed retrieval, I like that word, is possible. And my thought is that as we develop prayer equity in our lives, which is based on word equity, a prayer cachet, it's almost like a prayer memory or a bank of prayer that we build up that we can get high speed retrieval from that as needed. Maybe it's an opportunity, an open door that's presenting itself to you, or on the negative side of things, Maybe it's a challenge, a mountain, something that is coming against you. Either way, prayer cachet is what we want built up behind behind us. If we don't have it and there's a crisis, by all means, pray. But I'm making the case that we build a prayer cachet when the times are neutral or good. And then we have that built up behind us. Well, on to the brew. Let's uh, take in and meditate on the Apostle Paul's Powerful prayer in Ephesians 1, 15 to 23. You know, over time, he prayed that prayer as he wrote to the church of Ephesus. He prayed it then, and millions of believers have read these words and prayed this prayer over the approximately two millennia, 2,000 years since Paul wrote it and prayed it. And in a sense, we are really, because prayers are eternal in nature, they're set before the Father as incense, it says in the book of Revelation, and they rise up before him. And because they're eternal in nature, in a real sense, we can enter into an eternal prayer meeting with the Apostle Paul and the millions of our fellow believers in Christ who have prayed this prayer 
since the time Ephesians was written. Let's really build it into our spirit. Let it become a part of our of our inner man in Christ. Stay with it, and in time, get ready for total transformation. I want to share a thought with you first, though. I've been praying this past week or so over some matters, and, um, you know, many times I will pray the Lord's Prayer as a sort of an architecture, a template, or I'll just pray it straight verbatim, uh, word for word. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we, we hallow the name of the king, all that his name means, all that he is, God as a great king, and may your kingdom come to this earth. When Christ comes again, may it come in its fullness and completion at that time, and now as a foreshadowing, as a, as a preliminary experience, a tasting of it, we pray that the partial reality of the kingdom will be manifested now increasingly in our lives. And here's the way, just in the theater, theater of your mind, imagine you're looking at a horizon and you, you know, the curvature of the horizon, maybe it's a water horizon or even a land horizon, but you're looking at a far off horizon and then imagine in the sky a massive, massive planet, in addition to planet Earth, coming, 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 filling the sky. We could call it planet Jesus, okay? In that planet is the heavenly Jerusalem, uh, is, is God's will being done on earth completely as it is in heaven. One day there will be a new heavens and a new earth. But Jesus said, repent, change your mind, change your life, for the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God has drawn near to you. It's coming. And imagine it, see it in faith and say, Father, may your kingdom come. Yes, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and begin to now taste it and experience some healing, some deliverance, some provision. Hebrews 6 talks about being enlightened and partaking of the Holy Spirit and tasting the good word of God and the powers of the age which are to come. So we begin to experience it now. We are kingdom people. We're born into that kingdom now. We're already, in a sense, there. Even though the fullness of it has not yet arrived, we are to pray, your kingdom come, your full will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And with that, is a superior level of experience in Christ, releasing the power of that kingdom, the life of it, the justice of it, the righteousness. God's throne is built upon righteousness and justice. So planet King Jesus is coming to this earth. Even now, it's breaking over the horizon. It's beginning to fill the sky, as it were. And we want to now prepare for that. Repent. Begin to align your life now to that ethic. Like read the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is the Sermon on the Mount. It's sort of the Magna Carta of the kingdom of God. And the Beatitudes are sort of like the preamble in that Magna Carta, if you will. So begin now to live in the Christ ethic, to live in holiness and righteousness and justice, begin to taste his power and his life now as we pray and as we begin to live increasingly in prayer-born activity. 
This prayer, though, in Ephesians 1, beginning with verse 15 and going through the end of that chapter, verse, I think, 23, especially beginning with verse 17, he says, I pray to the Father of glory that he would give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Knowledge is a Greek word, epinosis. Epi is a prefix in the Greek which intensifies the second part of the compound word, gnosis. So it's an intense knowledge. And I believe in the study that I've done on this prayer is that it's a relational knowledge of Jesus. It's not just a mental prefrontal cortex knowledge. It's a heart knowledge, like when you get to really deeply know someone progressively, right? And that God would give us a spirit of wisdom and of revelation or uncovering in this advanced relational knowledge of Christ, that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened so that we will know. And then it lists three things here. Pray this to the Father. God, I want to know the hope of your calling, all that is in that hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, right? So what is the hope of his calling? May we live lives worthy of that calling. Number two, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? His inheritance is within us. And the riches of the glory of that inheritance, praying, Father, begin to show me that now, the inheritance of Christ that is in the church, in the people of God. And third, show me, help me to experience the surpassing greatness of your power that is toward us who believe God's power is directed toward those who believe. Can I add that God's power is released through the working, the sanctifying working of the cross in our life. The cross is the power of God, resurrection life, ascension life, and being seated with Christ in heavenly places. He, he describes that power. What is the scale of it? What is the proportion of it? Well, the passage continues, these are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So we're talking about resurrection power when God the Father raised his son from the dead after his crucifixion and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Not only is it resurrection power, it's ascension power. Far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and every name that is named. I mean, what could be named on the earth? A celebrity, an organization, a nation, anything that can be named, his name is above it. He is above it. And we are seated with Christ in heavenly places in Ephesians chapter 2. It says not only in this age, but also in the one to come. It's not just for the future. It's for now. It's for now in this age as well. All things, Father have been placed under the feet of Jesus, this prayer continues, and Christ has been given as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So Ephesians chapter 1, really verses 15 to 23, I would encourage us to memorize it. 
I virtually have it memorized. Because I've rehearsed it and reviewed it in prayer, I mess up a few times. I want to open the Bible because I want to get it exactly right. I probably, I, I just want to solidify that passage in my memory. I just need to do a little bit of more memory work there. When it's in your memory, it's in that like scripture cachet. You can retrieve it with speed at any point. You don't need your Bible with you. It's in you. Jesus talked about this. Let my words abide in you. Paul says in Colossians 3 that the word of God would richly dwell within us. Let's not know more about what's on Netflix than we know what's in the pages of the sacred writ, right? We want the word of God to be animating in us, living in us, generating life, generating power, that breath that's in the word of God. God put his breath in it. We want that in our minds, in our emotions, in our language, in our everyday speech. Hey, we want it in our body, you know, it says in Hebrews 4.12 that the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing or penetrating as far as the division of our soul and our spirit, even to the joints and marrow, it says. That's our physicality. God, may your Word penetrate my, my soul, my psychology, my mind, my emotions, my will. May it fill my spirit and all the capacities of my spirit like conscious and intuition and revelation and comprehension. And may it penetrate into my physicality every cell, every organ, every gland, every system, every area of tissue, every bone, every ligament, every tendon. I want the entirety of my being to be filled and animated with the thoughts of God. Praise the Lord. And we want to then pray the word. We want to say the word. We want to play the word. What do I mean by play? Everyone gets to play. We want to live out the word Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every day of our lives. We want to move in it. We want to have a consciousness of the word. We want to pray without ceasing, as the Apostle Paul says. Come on, come come with me on this. You know what I've, I've also been thinking about lately, and this comes from just another source or two of input that I have going on, but you know, there are times when it's like, we got to go back to the gym. And I personally, there's been some events in our lives, a passing of a close loved one and other, other layers of uh, just, just, just this thing we call life that are working, you know, <laughs> and um, you know what, back to the gym. It's not always comfortable. I got to do some reps in prayer. I really do. I got to get to the gym. I got to do some reps in the word. I got to pray it. I got to say it. And I got to come out and play it, right? Come with me on that. I'm looking for some brothers and sisters in Christ that are willing to be uncomfortable, to get to the gymnasium, to push those reps. You know, you push that second set on that exercise and you push it to the point of muscle failure. Those last few reps right before muscle failure feels like you can't go any further. That's where the gold is. We know that from, from uh, you know, exercise theory and, and um, you know, training. We know that. And, and our spirit is like that, too. God stretches our faith. He stretches our heart. He increases our capacity. Come with me on this and, and run with others in your company of believers, in your church. Locate people that are hot and stay with them. 
Locate people that are willing to go to the gym, that have a gym mindset. We think, hey, I don't have time to exercise. That is such a myth. Why? We don't have time not to exercise. Exercise, and even in the physical, it multiplies time. It increases energy. It gives you longevity. And it's like that in the spirit. We pray. We don't have time not to pray. We don't have time not to be in the Word because it multiplies time. It increases leverage and it gives us longevity and staying power and thriving power in Christ. You know, I don't need to convince you that what's going on in our country today, what's going on in the world, that we need to play bigger with Jesus, not only to survive, but to thrive and to experience the abundant life that he has designed for us. This is a Jesus Espresso episode. I'm encouraging you to pray Paul's potent apostolic prayer as a blanket prayer, sort of a default prayer blanket over your aegis. You know what your aegis is, right? Everything in your circle of concern and your circle of influence that you have stewardship over. Just pray this 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 prayer like some kind of an insurance rider, <laughs> some kind of a blanket coverage over your life. Even if you don't know what it's covering or what it will cover in the coming days, just build this into your prayer cachet. Ask for that spirit of wisdom and revelation in that advanced heart knowledge of Christ, relational knowledge. Ask that your heart would be enlightened, that you would receive more revelation and insight, the hope of his calling, the uh, understanding the riches of the glory of his inheritance that is within the people of God. And beginning to understand and experience the exceeding greatness of his power that is directed towards those who believe. Hey, to go to the show notes page, jesussmart.com slash 276. Stay connected with the podcast. Subscribe on your favorite listening option. And uh, you know what? We have a newsletter. You can go to jesussmart.com slash coffee. Get that. Use that little slug there for this particular Jesus Espresso theme episode. Um, but this newsletter, it comes out pretty much weekly. It's all about you and your world going above and beyond as an apprentice of Christ's kingdom. We're seeking to build a uh, community that will stay connected with the newsletter and through, through other means. Thank you for sharing and passing this episode along to your friends and contacts. All right, Kingdom Caffeine, we need it. 